0: Hi, welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. We're so happy you're joining us on our journey through the book of Matthew. Join us today as we talk through the way Jesus instructed us to live the good life. Welcome to Branch Life Online. Today is a special Sunday. We are looking at the Lord's Prayer. And so from the beginning of this time together to the end, we want to start with our Father who art in heaven and end with amen. We want to invite you into an experience of prayer today as we pray together, as we listen to some great music, as we look into God's Word. So thank you for joining us. My name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors at Branch Life. We're glad that you're here with us today. We'd love to hear from you, whether you're a regular part of Branch Life or whether this is your first time, whether you're watching on demand or at the premiere, would you take a moment to fill out your connection card? As we talk and lead uh, together in prayer, we want you to connect with God today. And so we hope that you will lean into your t- conversation with God through these moments. We are looking at the Lord's Prayer and it's, it goes like this from Matthew chapter 6 verse 9. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Thank you again for joining us today. Thank you again to everyone who gives to branch life, branch life on a regular basis. You can do that online at Life Church slash give. Your gifts are doing amazing things in our church and around our community. And if you have any questions about your own personal faith with God, we encourage you to go to branchlife.church slash the gospel where you can learn more about how, what it means to have a personal relationship with God. Let's lean into prayer today. Let's take a few moments and ask God to speak to us in these moments that we share ahead as we look at the Lord's Prayer in the series that we're calling The Good Life. Hey, if you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 6. We're literally in one of the most famous passages of all time. Today, we are talking about the Lord's Prayer. If you've been tracking from the start of uh, today's message, we've started our service with some worship that points to a good, good father because the Lord's Prayer starts with the phrase, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And we're going to continue on thinking through this prayer and praying through this prayer today. So even as I speak, as we take breaks during our talk and our, during our Bible study today, and as we end, we want to start with our Father and end with Amen. So be in connection with God now, even during this time. We are thinking about the good life, and that's the section of the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus is sharing this teaching about how to pray in. He's talking to us about the good life, so let's just start by asking this question. How has life been for you lately? Has it been good? Would you describe your life as the good life? Could it be better, or are you sitting here going, oh man, this really hurts, Just last week, I was a part of a funeral service. Uh, A father of three had passed away. His children are now adults. He was a a dad, a husband, and uh, a grandfather. His daughter came up to me after the service and gave me a hug, and she whispered in my ear in that moment, when does it get better? What she was asking was, when does life get better? When do I get to the good life? When do we get to the good days, to the happy moments, to where we're not facing death over and over again, and houses don't burn down because of fires, and we don't lose our job, and pandemics don't get in the way? When does it get better? And I whispered back into her her ear, heaven. It gets better in heaven. And she said, she, she let go, she grabbed me by the shoulders, and she goes, not before heaven? And I said, no, no, God walks with us in this life. And though we're guaranteed trouble, he's come to give us life and life more abundantly. In heaven, it'll be perfect. It'll be fantastic. It'll be free from pain, free from death, free from sin. But we have all of those things now, yet the promise is that we have an ability to tap into the good life. Now, especially during this year, you've probably felt this pain. You've probably felt this turmoil and the struggle. You're saying, when is this going to get better? When is this pandemic going to end? No matter what category of life you're in, there's been challenge on top of challenge. Maybe you're in your late 20s or your 30s and you're just just in that time where you've got some kids, you've maybe got another kid on the way and you're just dealing with bringing up young kids, bringing up school-age children. for those of us bringing up school-age children, uh, our 30s are just a blur anyway. If you've passed the, the, the period of raising kids, would you look back and help some of us in our 30s and our 20s and say to them, hey guys, I'm here for you. Take their kids for an evening. Give them a break because it's exhausting parenting. Now add to that a pandemic when you're the teacher, the parent, you're trying to be the doctor and you're taking care of the Zoom calls and you're just trying to get work done in the same house. Man, this has been a tough, tough time. When's it going to get better? Or maybe during this last year, you're elderly, right? And you have pre existing conditions. You're at higher risk for complications from a virus, and you've been more sheltered, more secluded, not been able to socialize. And you're asking yourself, when does this get better? I have only so many years left on this earth. When is this going to get better? Here's, here's what Jesus is saying to you and to this crowd that had gathered in front of him. He said, listen, the good life is within reach. It's available, but it's only accessible to some of us. Now, what, who can access the good life? Last week, as we started looking at the Lord's Prayer, we looked at this quote, Billy Sunday said this, if you are a stranger to prayer, you are a stranger to the greatest source of power known to human beings. So many of us are struggling with life because we're trying to get through life, we're trying to get through parenting, we're trying to get through being older in our own power, We're trying to muscle your way through this pandemic, and if you've been muscling your way through this pandemic, you're exhausted, on top of stressed, on top of exhausted, because life was not meant, the good life was not meant to be lived in our own power. You have access to something far more powerful than yourself, and you access that through prayer. And so Billy Sunday says, if you're a stranger to prayer, you're a stranger to this power. But if you know this power, you know prayer that causes us to access this power. Here's the thought for today. The good life is only possible through prayer. Remember, we said the good life a couple of weeks ago was only possible through perfect love and perfect love comes through the father. We are connected through God through prayer. And so Jesus in this moment starts to give some instructions and he leads it off with this phrase, pray like this. Prayer is not natural. You know, for many of us, we have to learn how to pray. It doesn't come instinctively to us in our nature to set aside ourselves and to depend on someone else, but that's exactly what prayer is. And in this moment, Jesus is giving a masterclass about how to pray. There is some depth here. There's some, there's some uh, deepness to what happens in the steps that we go through in this prayer. Again, remember last week, not a prayer that we just repeat by memory. But the heart of what's being said is to educate you and I into powerful prayer. And we want to learn about that prayer this morning. For those of us at Branch Life Church, we have our prayer first journals. And in that journal, we go line by line through the Lord's prayer. I want to encourage you to get a hold of that journal, to look at it. We'll snapshot some pictures and put it on our social so you can see it on Sunday, uh, wherever you are around the world. And that will help you dive deep into this. Today, as we look at the Lord's Prayer, we want to focus on some big thoughts and we want to experience prayer together. So in a few moments, I'm going to ask you to pray. Wherever you are, if you're listening on the podcast, if you're listening at the premiere or on demand later, if it's years from when this is recording, we want you to access the power of prayer now. We want to pray like This. So in Matthew chapter 6, and we start reading in verse 9, 1 through 13, as we led off in the beginning of the service, he says uh, in verse 9, pray then like this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This first half of the prayer is a section of the prayer that we want to call your half. This is, this is the part of the Lord's Prayer where we are trained to think first about God. <laughs> All right, I've brought in my whiteboard. We fumbled a little bit. Hopefully, you're tracking along. I've got on this whiteboard, for those of you listening along, the first half of the Lord's Prayer, which we're calling the your half. This is the part of the Lord's Prayer where He focuses our attention on Him. We are taught at the very beginning of God's instructions about prayer to pray He before me. We're looking at God first and not ourselves first. This is very unnatural. This is why we have to be trained in prayer. So many of us come to prayer for ourselves. We treat God like a Santa Claus where we write down a wish list. Help me with this. Give me that. Uh, feed me. Provide for me. Protect me. Go before me. Uh, do what I want you to do. Heal me. Make me feel better. Cause me to, to be to be brighter. And, and we think and pray all of these things. And some of us only pray when we want something. That is self-centered prayer. God is saying right off the bat, listen, I want you to think about he before me. We use prayer to focus on God who is incredibly more powerful than us. So as we read and we we think about our father who art in heaven, let's just pause and think about this for a second. God is identifying himself as our dad. And so he cares for us like a father would care for his kids, like a good father would care for his kids. Some of you had amazing dads. Some of you had absent dads. And so this could be foreign or close to your heart, no matter what it is. This is a dad who cares about his kids, your needs, your wants, your desires. He wants to provide for you. He cares about your day. He wants to hear from you and be involved in your every moment. Our father, wants an intimate relationship with you, his children. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, God is not your father. He's not not your dad. You have not yet been adopted into the family. When you believe in Jesus, when you become a follower of Jesus, when you're born again, you're born again into a new family. The Bible says that we are adopted and we become sons or daughters, technically princes and princesses of the king. And he becomes our dad. Now, what happens to people who try to pray, even pray the Lord's Prayer, and they're not saved? They're not Christians. It's like asking someone else's dad for stuff. I can go to someone else's dad, and I can say, hey, would you give me money for ice cream? But why would someone else's dad give me money for ice cream? It's not my dad. I ask my dad for money for ice cream, not someone else's dad. This is the same way prayer works in our lives. Of course, God can hear every prayer, but He cares for his kids, in a special and an individual way. If you have not yet accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, at branchlife.church, you can be in. You can be a part of the family of God. If you go to the Gospel tab, you can hear what it means to become a follower of Jesus in detail there. It's a simply a prayer away. We start with our Father art in heaven, and now watch this. He starts with this, your phrase. Hallowed be your name, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, God, Jesus is teaching us to focus our attention first on God. That's how the prayer starts. And so in this, your phrase, what are you praying when you pray these things, when you turn your attention to God? Well, first you're praying that Jesus's, God's name would be above all else. Everybody sitting on the mountain for the Sermon on the Mount knew that God's name was reverend, was revered. They could not even write the name of God on a parchment paper without going through cleansing rituals. We dirty human beings have no business associating with the name of God. And so he says, hallowed be your name. Allow it to remain above all else, holy and perfect and set apart. When we come to God, we come into his holy and perfect presence. And so we focus on his goodness and his holiness, and we lift up his name. That's why it's it's very odd for someone who prays to then also use God's name as a curse word, to just kind of diminish it, to disrespect it, to throw it around uh, uh, just willy-nilly. They actually gave us the third commandment, and in the third commandment, we're told to watch our words. Remember the name of the Lord and keep it holy. That's, that's been a command since the, end of, since the beginning of the Bible. And so we lift Jesus' name up. And so we pray, our Father who art in heaven, dear heavenly Father, we love and adore you, your name, your beauty, your character. So we start with adoration and focus on him, not me. We then go to your kingdom come. So in this phrase, we're, we're asking God's kingdom to come here. Now, you might not understand this idea of the kingdom of God, but it is rampant through the Sermon on the Mount and Matthew. It's an incredible concept, and it's not about a bunch of castles and thrones being brought here. It's not even about those castles and thrones being set up in our hearts or in our moments. This is talking about the kingdom, the ruler, Jesus, God, landing on earth and ruling and reigning now and in a time to come. You see, this is a two-part request. There's some reality to the point of Jesus coming now, of the kingdom coming now. But there's also truth to the idea that it's coming later. You see, Jesus is standing on the side of the mountain. He looks up to God and he says, your kingdom come. God did not come back at that moment and take over ruling the world. He's actually teaches us in other places that, that, this, that the devil... Who we're going to see later in our discussion that he is the ruler of this world he's the one that's the principalities and the power of the air but yet god is still reigning on heaven when we ask god's kingdom to come the way that happens now is it comes through us through the believers in the lord jesus christ We are ambassadors. We are cultural representatives. These guys would have understood that immediately. Even though they were uh, Jewish and they were scattered around the world, they brought their culture, their way, their kingdom to the many other cultures that they were a part of. As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are salt and light in this world and we bring the kingdom of God with us and we represent it where we go. We act as followers of Jesus should act. We act as though he is here ruling and reigning. We follow his, his way, we follow his word, and we follow his system. That's what we do as kingdom followers and we allow other people to do it. This is an incredible relief because I'm about to take a lot of pressure off your shoulders. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. You do not wear the crown. You are not in control. You don't have to figure it all out. You simply get to follow Jesus. And he is a better leader than you and I will ever be. He has given us instructions on how we handle money, on how we parent our kids, on how we deal with sickness and suffering and death. He has, he has given us clear instruction about all of those things. When we follow him, we represent him by handling our money God's way, by handling our relationships God's way, by considering our gender and our marriages God's way. And so we represent God by living out his kingdom now but he's also coming in the future. There will be a day that he comes back again and we pray and we long for that day when, the, when God will be present in flesh here on earth once again for us and he will be the leader of the new heaven and the new earth. Sin and death and sickness will be destroyed. We can't wait for that day, but until then, your kingdom come through me as I wait for your kingdom to come on earth again. And so we pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is a simple prayer request. We're simply asking God to do it his way. We want what his way is to be the way. And we want it to be His way here, just like it's his way in heaven. You see, the will of God is not, is not mysterious. On one hand, it's obvious. but on the other hand, it's even. it's hidden. If you want to think about the will of God, I want to encourage you to think about it this way. We have the revealed excuse me, the revealed will of God, and we have the hidden will of God, two parts. The revealed will is obvious. He stated over and over and over again in his word, things we should and shouldn't do. What he wants for us. Last week, we looked at the verse, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstance for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. He wants us to have joy. He wants us to pray. He wants us to be thankful. That's God's will. But there's also the hidden will. And this is where we spend a lot of time and effort as in Jesus followers trying to figure out We want to know specifically what God has for us ahead. We want to know where we're going to go to school, who we're going to marry, what house we're going to live in. We want to know what's going to happen tomorrow, what the weather is going to be like. We want to know, we want a sign from God about what car we should drive and and, and, uh, where we should go on vacation. And let me tell you, you can look all over the Bible for answers to those specific things, but they're hidden. Why are they hidden? Because it's not for you to know God's hidden will. If God wants you to know it, he will reveal it to you. Now in Christianity, we have a danger where there are people going around kind of like Christian psychics telling you that they have a message from God for you. That's not how God reveals his will. God reveals his will through the leading of the Holy Spirit and the word of God that he's given us. When you need to know something, he will reveal it to you. So who are you supposed to marry? Well, you're supposed to marry a, a Christian person who you've fallen in love with and who loves you. That's within God's will. What's her name? Who knows? You decide. But as soon as you marry them, that's God's will for your life. That's who he's led you to. That's who you've committed your life to. And then you follow God's will, which is that you would be married as husband and wife if you made the vow till death do us part. What is God's will? How does he lead? Well, that's why we pray. We pray for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's revealed his will to us openly in his word and he guides us through his hidden will. So many people wrestle with their relationship with God because how can there be a loving God who is in control, who allows bad things to happen? Sometimes the truth is that God's will for us is to travel through suffering. It is to travel through hard times. I've prayed for the pandemic to lift. I've prayed for people who have gotten sick to be healed and yet they have died. Over the last uh, three weeks or so, a friend of mine who we've connected with in town through the Ashwood fires was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer. A month ago, she had no idea she had brain cancer and after not feeling well, she went to the doctor and the doctor said, you have two hours to two weeks to live. She was immediately put on hospice and she started, uh, started going downhill. I would go over to visit her. And she was in her her bed in the the living room, grandkids playing around the house, her daughter taking great care of her. I put my hand on her hand, and I'd say, how can I help you? And she'd say, can you just pray? And I said, sure, I'll pray with you. How can I pray? She goes, could you pray for a few more days? And I said, you know what? I think God can give you a few more days if he wants to. And she said, yes, he can. So she prayed that she would make it to her daughter's birthday, that she would make it to Mother's Day, that she would make it to her anniversary. Excuse me, yeah, her her anniversary. Just last week on her anniversary, she passed away. God in His grace allowed her to live and God in His grace allowed her to go home to be in glory with Him. Now, why didn't God take the cancer away? Why didn't God save her life? We pray according to God's will and not our will. And Jesus understands this fully. In Matthew chapter 26 and verse 39, it says, and going a little farther, he, Jesus, fell on his face and and prayed saying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. This was in the garden of Gethsemane the night before Jesus would be arrested. He would be beaten, hung on a cross, and die on that cross for you and I. He did not want to go through that torture and that pain. He sweat drops of blood just thinking about the ordeal that he was about to go through. Jesus did not want to go through suffering. He didn't desire the pain that would come into his life, yet he prayed, not his will, not as I will, but as you will. And it was God's will that Jesus, his own son, would suffer and die. God God's will is what we pray for. And sometimes God's will includes suffering in our life. If you are suffering in these moments, let me say to you right now, focus on God. Focus on His will and focus on His promise that He is smarter than you, that He is stronger than you, that He cares for you as a Father, that He has something beautiful for you, and that His plan is good, and His promise is that all things will work together for good to those that love Him. Jesus, in your suffering, is even working good in these moments, and so if you are suffering in this life, if you are hurting in this season and in this moment, you still have access to the good life because you have access to a good God. Here is the power in prayer. Prayer is powerful because God is powerful. If he can, he will. If he wills it, he can do it. That's the God that we follow. And so in the first part of God's prayer, Lord's prayer, he asks us to focus on him. We go to your name, your kingdom, and your will. So I want to invite you into this experience of prayer, even in this moment, would you enter into the presence of God, praying in the name of our father who is in heaven, whatever requests come to your mind and let's talk to God about who he is, his greatness, his power, his beauty. Let's adore him. Let's beg him for his kingdom and his will and his way and his direction, even above ours offering all on the altar for Him. We have a short video or audio that you will hear that will lead you through a prayer of adoration spoken to our Father who is in heaven. Let's take some time to pray through this prayer.
1: Your face is more beautiful than a thousand sunsets. Your beauty continually leaves me in awe and wonder because you are illuminated with eternal light. Nothing is more captivating than you. I cannot look away when you put your beauty on display. I love you, God.
2: I adore you because you are the one who holds my identity secure. There is no one who has the right to speak against who you created me to be. Only you define me, God. When I am full of questions and confusion, I look to you because you are truth thank you that I do not have to be subject to the words of man or the lies of the enemy because I belong to you.
1: Thank you that my reality is defined by who you are. Because you are who you say you are, I can lean on your character and your reality above what I see around me. I put my confidence in you because you are the only firm foundation underneath me. I stand on the rock of Jesus Christ.
2: I adore you because you are the Father that loves me unconditionally. You prove to me again and again that you are not like man. You sing over me songs of acceptance and approval. You father me into the fullness of who you've created me to be. In you, I am loved.
1: I adore you because you are alive. As I choose to lay my life on the altar, The embers of my heart become a flame of love and passion. There is no room for complacency or common when I encounter a God who burns with pure fire.
2: I put my hope in a God who always has been and always will be faithful. As I remind myself of who you are, I am compelled to trust once again in a God that is steadfast and true. You are committed to me. Your character and promises are constant and your goodness marks the beginning and the end of my story. This I believe. You will never let me down or abandon me. You are faithful.
1: As I receive your love, it shatters fear and anxiety. Nothing is more powerful than your love and nothing can separate me from it, so I declare Fear can never conquer me, for you already have. I am safe and secure in a fortress that is built by a history and a testimony of a God who knocks down every barrier and claims me again and again. Your love makes me victorious, and as I receive it, I overcome.
2: You run into the darkest place of my life and break me out of captivity. I praise you because you lead me out of the pit and draw me near to you. This is what you've come to do. You have the power to break every chain that keeps me bound in condemnation. I am full of joy as I remind myself that you came to eliminate every form of darkness and lead me into wholeness and complete freedom. I praise you because you are the God that declares victory over my life. Nothing is impossible for you. There is no heart, no circumstance, or past failures that you cannot calm and redeem.
1: You are the God that sees a valley of dry bones and forms it into a mighty army. You sent your Son to rescue us, ransom us, and save us. You are the beautiful God.
2: You are the God of my identity.
1: My confidence.
2: You are a joyful father.
1: You are alive. You are faithful. My fortress.
2: You You
1: are are the God God
2: that saves. saves.
0: Hey, I hope that you were able to meet with God in these moments where we looked at His greatness and we just adored Him, the Father who loves us. That's the first part of the Lord's Prayer. As we go into the second part of the Lord's Prayer, we see this incredible encouragement with God in charge each day is taken care of. With God in charge, each day is is taken care of. We now go to the second section of the Lord's Prayer where the first one was all about your will. Now we pray for our day and our needs. The second part of the Lord's Prayer starts with this, give us this day our daily bread. And then it says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not to temptation, but to deliver us from the evil one. Now, this great God, who is our Father, who cares about our moments, our lives, our hurts, our struggles, our realities, and our needs, He is making us, in these moments, have access to the most incredible power we have ever seen. So let's dive into this last section of the Lord's Prayer to understand what He is teaching us to pray and then we'll pray together one more time. So in this last section, as we look at the R section, number one, he gives us our daily bread. He gives us our daily need. He gives us what we need. Now, here's this incredible reminder, right? We always think it depends on us or it depends on me to get done what I need today. Those are the days that are exhausting, those are the weeks that are, are, uh, bring you to wit's end. When you parent in your own power, think about that single mom who's out there trying to do it all, uh, trying to work a full-time job, pay for the mortgage, keep the auto uh, gas tank full, get food on the table, care for the kids, raise them now at a pandemic. How can they possibly do this on their own? They can't. But when you have power, to when you have the access to prayer, you have access to the greatest power that human know, humankind knows. He gives us our daily bread. So. Everyone on the side of the mountain heard Him say, He gives us our daily bread. They immediately knew what He was talking about because back in the wilderness, when the Israelite uh, nation was wandering for 40 years, they were fed by manna dropping from the sky every day. As a matter of fact, they couldn't even save it. It had to come on a daily basis. They had to collect it, prepare it, and that's what sustained them while they were in the wilderness. They were literally dependent on God for their daily bread, their daily portion. They learned what it meant to pray for daily bread. They learned what it meant to depend on God for their everyday needs. Now we are so far removed from daily bread. We are so far removed from not knowing where our next meal is gonna come from as Americans in 2021, that we probably don't have a good connection with understanding God providing for our very needs. You've heard the prayer. So far today, I'm exhausted. I'm nervous about what's happening. I don't know what I'm going to do next. But in a moment, God, I'm about to get out of bed and I would like you to help me in this day. When we depend on God like the Israelites did for our daily bread, we realize it's not me getting me through the day, but it's God and his power. We walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. He is our, (coughs) excuse me, he is our generous God. He is the God that provides. Everything that I have, I have because of God. Everything I will ever have, I have because of God. He is the God who gives and He is the God who takes away. He will supply for you. And let me say this, if you're still here on this planet, if you're still here walking day by day, that day, this day is a gift. This is a day that God has provided for you. And whether you're a young adult, a teenager, just getting through high school, whether you're a parent or a grandparent, Or you're like my 105-year-old grandfather, still alive and well. God has a purpose for you in this day, and He is providing you everything that you need in this day to do exactly what He wants you to do. That's our God that gives to us generously. So what is it you need? What is it that you need from God in this day? What is it you need from God in this season? What is it that you're depending on yourself for? What's so heavy that you can hardly carry it anymore? What has you so hurt and so broken that you're ready just to give it all up? So many of us are carrying the weight of our day in our hands and in our strength. And God says, no, give it to me. I will supply what you need in this day. He then says that he forgives us our sins. We've all come to that moment where we realize that we've messed up, that we've done something we shouldn't have, that we've broken a relationship, that we've gone too far, we've lost our temper, we've crossed that line, we've fallen short of what God has designed for us. When we realize that we are broken, sinful beings in need of saving, God is the one that forgives us our sin. And there's nothing that we can do. There's no choice that we can make. There's no line that we can cross that God does not promise that if we come to him and ask forgiveness, that he takes our sins and he separates it as far as the east is from the west. He is in the business of forgiving sins because he is in the business of healing brokenness. And God is ready to eliminate suffering and death from this world by eliminating sin why suffer? Why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Why did he have to go through the Garden of Gethsemane? Why did He have to be put through that torture? Why do we deal with death? Why did my friend have to get terminal brain cancer? Why did their family have to watch her pass away as they cared for her over these last three weeks? Because we are in a sinful and broken world, but God is in the business of, of, of forgiving broken uh, and healing brokenness. So you take your sins before God and you confess them and he erases them and he forgives you. And forgiveness becomes one of the greatest themes, not only in the Sermon on the Mount, but the entire book of Matthew in the entire narrative of God. We of all people should be great as forgiveness. And there's a statement in here that we have to think about. He forgives us as we forgive our debtors. And when you realize how much you've been forgiven, it is hard to hold anything against anyone else. Because God has forgiven you so then we forgive others. And if you can't forgive other people, then maybe you have not understood forgiveness even for yourself. Christians, we live in forgiveness. I wanna invite you to join us next week as we talk more about forgiveness and fasting as we continue the Good Life series, some great stuff that's coming up. And the last thing that he does as we pray for our needs is he fights on our side. The verse uh, is translated, lead us not into temptation. However, that's a little bit of a tricky wordplay. In the original language, it's not about God leading us to be tempted. As a matter of fact, the book of James says God does not tempt anyone or desire that anyone of us be tempted or fall. There is no leading you and I into temptation. This phrase is better understood kind of with the concept of saying, God, help me to be able to withstand temptation. Help me to be able to stand when something uh, that is tempting me comes into my life or in my presence. And we all have that thing that tempts us. Over the last year, Branch Life Church, we have been actively involved in helping families that have food insecurity. And on a, every uh, twice a week, we receive donations from area businesses, including Costco. And Costco loves to give us cheesecake and pound cake and apple pies and all kinds of desserts, and we get to hand those out to people. Well, I swore off sugar uh, last year. I was not, I'm not gonna eat carbs, right? I'm gonna stay away from that stuff. And now they create a a powdered croissant filled with jelly. How am I supposed to resist that for free handed to us in the truckload? Here's a temptation coming into my life and I've got to learn how to resist that temptation. Here's the promise with prayer that he fights on our behalf. Help me to stand against temptation and help me resist the evil one. God is fighting for us right now, a spiritual battle, a war that is taking place for our souls and for our days. God is the spiritual warrior on our behalf who fights for us against the principalities and powers of this world. They will be defeated in full someday, but God is in the business of defeating them over and over and over again in battles in our lives. I cannot depend on myself to resist temptation. I don't trust myself. I must depend on God. And so prayer gives us access to that power. That is this prayer. This prayer that starts with exalting God and then brings us to this moment where our daily needs are met, where we can turn over the weight of the day to God, where we can then get ask forgiveness of sins confess those sins and know that he's eliminated them from our record and then be able to know that he's fighting on our behalf have you built your relationship with this god in 2nd chronicles chapter 7 verse 14 it says this if my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear them from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We have an incredible promise from an incredible God that if we are people of prayer, we have access to the most powerful thing known to human beings, to the universe. The God, the creator, the father of this universe wants to have a relationship with you and I, and through prayer, we can be healed. If we seek his face, if we we run and confess our sins, we can live in God's power. What if God's people prayed? What would happen if we were actually a church of prayer? What would happen in my relationship if husband and wife were committed to pray individually and pray together? What if families prayed together? What if churches were committed to prayer and we accessed this power and then God moved in a way that we could never move, that he would do something so big that we could never do? We stand here as a church, a church, branch life church, committed to being a church that praise. We never want to lose the power of prayer. We have the Prayer First Journal. We encourage every single one of our ministries to pray. We spend time praying and we encourage you to pray. And over the last three years, as we began the journey of planting the church, then launching two years ago, then going through COVID, now coming to our two-year anniversary, we have seen God do incredible, unexplainable things because we have remained committed to prayer. One of our first goals was having a 1,000 people join our prayer team to help us get launched. a 1,000 people who would receive a regular email and then just simply pray through that email. Everything that we have accomplished over the last two years, and it's all in God's hand, has been a result of that group of people praying for us on a regular basis. We want to continue with that passion of prayer, but here at this two year mark, we want to be a church that prays because we want to continue to access God's power. And we now have a dream that is bigger than just one church in one place for one generation. And so we are calling God's people to prayer on behalf of the church. We're calling the God, God's people to prayer on behalf of Branch Life Church and on behalf of churches all over our region and our nation. And here's what we want to introduce today, and we want to encourage you to start thinking about. We will be launching over the course of the next couple of weeks and months, the Branch Life Church Prayer Network. The Branch Life Church Prayer Network is a commit a, a, a group of committed individuals all over this world, an international network of people praying for the multiplication of disciples, more people to get saved, of leaders, more people to lead in the church and of churches. In the Philadelphia area, in the Northeast region, and around the globe, our desire at Branch Life Church is that we start as one church, but that we branch out and become a network of churches—churches churches that are planted, churches that uh, can't, uh, church with campuses, churches that revitalize and help other churches, churches that partner with other churches. We want to branch out and invade this world, invade this this space with the kingdom power that God has to offer through his church. God says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If God's people pray, if we're a a people who pray for this church, we're on the ground floor of God doing something amazing in our region and in our time. We have in 2021, one of the greatest opportunities for the church to be the church. And we believe that God can expand his name and that he can glorify himself best the growth of his church, we are ready to see more people come to Jesus Christ. We're ready to see more people develop and and, uh, more leaders develop, and we're ready to see more churches planted and growing and healthy. If you're ready to be a part of that, you can sign up to be a part of this prayer network. For those that are already on our prayer team and we hit the thousand mark uh, several months ago, we're going to invite you to transition to this network in the days and weeks ahead. We as a church are already thinking about what's next. What's next? Where's next? And how are we going to see God reproduce and multiply His name through His church? Here at Branch Life, then, we will have an existing prayer team that will minister on a weekly basis in prayer through Branch Life Church. This is members of Branch Life Church locally who pray weekly during the worship service with worshipers after the service and then as prompted throughout the week. Someone on our prayer team could just be a prayer warrior in a private secret place, and they could also pray with other people at the end of every service. Our prayer team will be the secret to the power that that is accessed here in Branch Life Church's family and ministry. We want to pray through our worship services, have a team uh, together while we're singing, while we're worshiping, while lives are receiving God's word, and we want to have people available to pray with all of those who worship with us on a regular basis, no matter what your needs are. If you're a regular part of Branch Life Church, virtual or in person, we want to invite you to consider being a part of our prayer team. We'd love to see God raise up some directors for both our network and our prayer team here locally. Would you consider that opportunity? We come to the end of this prayer. And you may have noticed that it doesn't say, for for thine is the power and the glory and the kingdom forever. Amen that's not in some of these older manuscripts that that we have found and some of the some of the nuances that happened And a couple of weeks ago we talked about that as we talked about God fulfilling his word but we simply close our prayers with a with a word of praise and that is the word amen today as we have Prayed through this worship time. We started with our Father who art in heaven. We thought about our good, good Father. We then learned about your, the your phrases in the kingdom, uh, in the Lord's prayer. We took time to pray and praise the beautiful name of God, to access the power of that God. And now we've talked about realizing that He meets our needs because He loves us as His kids. And so we close with this final thought about what a friend we have in Jesus and how, how much needless pain we bear, all because we do not take to Him everything in prayer. We close out today's thought by simply asking God to provide for our daily needs. So will you in these next few moments, as we count down and as we worship God, simply go to him in prayer about whatever it is you need. And as we close this thought, as we close that prayer, just say to him, amen, amen, and amen. We hope to see you next week. Hey, thanks again for being a part of our worship service today. We hope that you experienced God and experienced prayer in these moments and that they've been life-changing for you. If you haven't yet filled out your connection card, you can do that at branchlife.church. Again, if you have any questions about your personal faith in God, branchlife.church slash the gospel. And we wanna invite you back next week as we dive deeper into Matthew chapter six and continue on with this good life series. God bless and have a great rest of your day.